This morning, we all woke up, and everyone here, everyone watching, including me, had to ask themselves, why church? This might seem like a strange thing to say, but even if we don't think about it very much, each Sunday, consciously or subconsciously, each one of us has to answer, why should I share in church today? Why should I be involved in a faith community? Now, there's no one answer to this question, and if we took a poll of all the reasons we're part of church, uh, there would be many answers. But I wonder how many people who are not sharing in a faith community somewhere this week, how many people there are who couldn't come up with a good answer to this question. Why church? Actually, a recent Gallup poll just came up that said, for the first time, less than 50% of Americans belong to any house of worship. Used to be, for many decades, in the 70-plus percent area, and it's been going down in the last decade or two. So these people, over 50%, the majority of Americans, have no good answer it seems, to why church. Even some of us, at some points in our life, I'm sure, have struggled with this question. Can we simply say that we ought to go to church because uh, the Bible tells us so? It is true that the Bible does call us repeatedly to worship, and for some, these biblical directives are enough, but for many, there seems to be a need for more. So why church? People go to church, as I said, for many different reasons, are part of any faith community for many different reasons. Maybe it's to understand God uh, and who we are in this busy world, to belong to a loving community, to serve with others in God's name, to be saved, uh, to share in the joy of God's grace, to raise children, with Christian values, to be a happier and more fulfilled person, to seek healing, and the list could go on and on. And it's quite a list. Each of these, one might say, are the benefits we get from being a part of a faith community. But what does it all mean? Actually, I thought about preaching this subject before this recent Gallup poll came out. And actually, before a wonderful uh, op-ed piece in the Boston Globe that I encourage you all to read by Jeff Jacoby that came out in the Globe just this past week. I'll actually put a link to it in the email newsletter this coming week. But for me, sort of summarizing it all, why church, the answer to why church comes down to community, it comes down to growth, and it comes down to justice. And it is, in general, what we've committed ourselves to in uh, this baptismal liturgy that we shared with Nora in this morning. We go to church to be a part of a community. We go to church to be part of a spiritual community. We're part of a faith community that not only supports one another in crisis and rejoices with one another during happy times, but also which comes together each week to be reminded of what is primary in life. 
to be reminded of the reality of the spirit of truth. That living spirit that abides within us, the Holy Spirit that the Gospel of John that you read from earlier speaks of, the connection we have to God that is for us not only during this one hour, but during one, all 168 hours of, of every week. Thinking about this, I'm reminded of a story I heard once, sort of a parable by an Indian mystic, Tagore, in which he compared our daily life to a narrow road, which had on both sides of it these high buildings all along its way. Between these buildings, as the story goes, the road could look up and see just this single strip of blue sky sort of torn out of this space. And this road would only see the sun for a few minutes at midday. And every time it would wonder to itself, this road, is it real, that sun? On the other hand, the dust and the rubbish and the traffic and the noise and the smoke that its seed saw all day, it saw as the reality of life. Tagore says basically that this is very similar to how we live our lives. The near things, the tangible things, the material things, we accept as solid and substantial fact, not recognizing that it is the streak of blue above, that it is a glimpse of the spiritual, which is the essential reality for which every soul is made, in which alone can give us meaning and can give us per perspective to all life's tasks and all life's responsibilities, that gives us truth, a spirit of truth in the midst of the challenges and the noise and the messiness of each day. And this is what church should do for us. This is what any faith community should do for us. It should give us a glimpse, an ongoing glimpse of that streak of blue, an ongoing glimpse of the reality of the spiritual life, of the truth of what life is about. And not only are we a spiritual community, it is a redeeming community that we're a part of as well. It is the acknowledgement that we are far from perfect, that we are all broken and fragile and frail as human beings. In fact, the church is the one institution in all of society whose sole requirement for being a part of it is that the person admits their unworthiness, admits that they are not equal to the battle of life alone that we need something more than just ourselves. It's too bad that people criticize the church often because uh, it's filled with not good enough people, uh, when the whole point is that we know we're not good enough people. We know we are imperfect people. John Wesley and the Apostle Paul would say, we simply are called to continuously strive to be better people. And this reminds me of that joke that I probably shared before. One person is inviting another person to church. And the person that is being invited says, I could never go to church. There's just too many hypocrites there. And the person doing the inviting says, that's okay. There's always room for one more. And that's the truth. All of us worry often that God is going to get tired of handing out all this grace, but God is never 
tired of that. God's amazing grace flows, and that's what church is about, is to remind ourselves of the amazing grace of God and to mind, remind each other of that grace. And thankfully, reminding ourselves that we're part of a community, a church that lives this grace out in all it does. We said, as we shared with uh, Nora this morning, that we would surround each other with a community of love and forgiveness. That we would grow not only in our own wonder, not only in our, not, not at all in our own ability, but instead that we would grow in trust of God and in service to others. That's what we're called to be as community, as the church, to move from self-centeredness to God-centeredness and to other-centeredness. And we to grow in that trust of a God that's with us through it all. So going to church is also important because it enables us always to be growing. It ch changes our life for the better and challenges us to be better people. Some of you might remember how Karl Marx called religion an opium of the people. Actually, at about the same time Karl Marx was writing this, a clergyman from England, a minister in England, Charles Kingsley, was saying the exact same words or similar words to churchgoers in his country who seemed unresponsive to the social reform that he was trying to bring to that country. Charles Kinsley and I would remind us, as we are called to be the church, that yes, there is peace here. There is peace from being a part of a faith community, but it is not an escape. Going to church should be not only a comfort, it should be a challenge to us. Being a part of a faith community should not only offer us comfort, it should offer us a challenge. A challenge to grow as individuals and as, for us, the body of Christ. To grow in mind, to grow in spirit, and to grow in our sense of calling both individually and collectively. This is what uh, Jeff Jacoby was actually writing about in that op-ed piece, which I encourage you to read in the Boston Globe, Globe, when he warned about how the lack of faith participation could cause all sorts of troubling things in our society. He mentioned the amount of research that's out there that shows the positive mental and health that comes from being a part of a faith community. Especially in a world, as he writes, where people turn to politics for a sense of misplaced righteousness instead. We need to be the church so that as Nora and as other children grow, they will get a sense of this deep faith, this deep trust in God that is the foundation of their life from which they can walk a way that leads to life, to a fullness in life. And we need to learn that from each other as we grow in that spirit. Why go to church? Think of it as a way to maintain your health and, and the health of our society, like Paul did, as we heard in that passage from Acts this morning. Think of church as like your spiritual health club. It's where we exercise our souls. It's where we search 
for God together, to be reminded where we live and move and have our being. Because in the long run, it is our souls, it is that light that shines within us that really matters, not which the circumstances we find ourselves in. And it certainly does not mean that life will be perfect when we understand that, but as Frederick Douglass said as he fought for the rights of African Americans many years ago, in the struggle for justice, the only reward is the opportunity to be in the struggle. And faith communities from the beginning of time at their best have been at the forefront of that struggle for justice. Far from perfect, failed many times, but we strive together for a just world and for a beloved community. Why, church? If you or someone you know ever wonders, tell them and remind yourself, because within a faith community you, re you are reminded no matter what is happening in your life that you belong. That you are part of something greater than yourself. A family that extends beyond yourself to all of humanity. A family of God. A part of a community that gives you a clear glimpse of reality. A clear glimpse of what is important in life. Where the Holy Spirit lives and breathes and has its being. And because... It challenges us, a faith community challenges us to always grow in that spirit and to build that beloved and just community that we're called to build. And like the well-conditioned athlete that Paul liked to talk about a lot, the well-conditioned churchgoer has the discipline, searches for that sense of teamwork, finds that joy and the spirit it takes to run the long race of life into eternity. I hope and pray that each of us find the strength we need to answer that question, why church? I hope that you will pray and reflect on this for you and for those around you, and I hope you will be bold in sharing what church means to you with those in your life. Because we live in a world too often isolated. We live in a world too often unloving. We live in a world too often unjust. And we need to find those places where community and growth and justice is at the core of all that we do so that we can grow as individuals and that we can grow as a society. Find that answer deep in your soul. Stand upon that foundation. And together we will pray, together we will worship, and together we will serve. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you on this and every day, seeking to be that community of love and forgiveness that you call us to be. Seeking to grow in our service to others. Seeking to... Pray as we are called to pray, 
seeking to find that way that leads to life eternal. Guide us to continue to invest all we are to those faith communities in our life, to offer ourselves to you and to the greater world so we might all grow together in your sight. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's sing together. It would be on 2175 of the Faith We Sing hymnal, but it's in your live stream. Together we serve.